0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, where hundreds of researchers make new discoveries inspired by the work of previous Dana-Farber scientists. Learn more about their momentum at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. I believe in the church of baseball. I've tried all the major religions and most of the minor ones. I prefer metaphysics to theology. You see, there's no guilt in baseball, and it's never born.
1: The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. This game is a part of our past, Ray. Man, this is baseball. You gotta stop thinking. You just have fun.
2: It's called America's pastime. But is it still?
3: If anything, baseball is probably like my third sport. Uh, I watch basketball and football more, but as far as the baseball rules, I'm still learning them. So maybe I'm learning the new ones as I go as well. So I don't have any uh, comparison to the old and the new. I just like it.
2: That was Reggie, a baseball fan one of our producers met at a Chicago White Sox game last weekend. These days, going to see a major league team is a commitment. Games, including snacks and souvenirs, are expensive and long, which may lead some fans to get restless. So Major League Baseball took action. They introduced changes to the way the games played for the 2023 season, but some of those changes struck up some controversy as MLB sought to address player safety and, well, make the game more exciting. We heard from some of you who told us you prefer the minor leagues anyway.
0: I've never been a baseball person, but I very much support my local team, the Richmond Flying Squirrels, because of all of the great things they do for our community.
4: Here in the Upper Midwest, we're fortunate to have the collegiate Woodbats
2: Northwoods League, including our very own Madison Mallards. So my team that I enjoy is actually a minor league team. The Charlotte Night. They are just such an amazing group of
4: people. It's a fun time in small ballparks, and it's great for kids.
2: Minor league is the way to go. It's a great, great, great experience. After the break, we hear from the Savannah Bananas, who've added their own twist to the sport and become a fan favorite. Then we take a closer look at Major League Baseball, talk about the new rules, and hear your thoughts on the state of the game as well. I'm Jen White. You're listening to the 1A Podcast, where we get to the heart of the story. Back with more in just a moment.
0: Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online.
2: Let's get right into it by talking to one of those beloved community teams. Georgia's Savannah Bananas are an exhibition baseball team. They're not affiliated with MLB at all. They're playing baseball in a league of their own. Adam Virant is the director of baseball operations and a coach for the Savannah Bananas. Adam, welcome to 1A. Thanks for having us on, Jen. Also with us, Tyler Gillum, the head coach for the Savannah Bananas. Tyler, thanks for being here.
5: We're excited to be here. This is awesome.
2: So the Savannah Bananas are very different from any other baseball team right now. You all play banana ball. So, Adam, orient us. Describe us what what a banana ball game looks like.
4: Banana ball game is going to be a celebration of baseball and entertainment like you've never seen before. Um, You know, there's certain elements of baseball that a traditional fan will, will see. But we've jazzed it up with a set of rules that are engineered to really inspire and engage a whole new uh, type of fan. So, for instance, you know, you mentioned that these games are long in, in the Major League Baseball um, arena nowadays. We We have a time clock. It's a two-hour time clock. It's a running clock. And our goal is, within that two-hour time period, to pack so much entertainment and fun into it that it's going to leave fans wanting more. And there's some really amazing rules as well. Um, we always want to get the fans engaged. So one of our rules, if a fan catches a foul ball, it's an out. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> when it happens, uh, the crowd goes crazy, and we bring that fan onto the field and announce them to the to the world. It's pretty amazing. And then some other rules that really just kind of, you know, invigorate fast play, exciting play. We, our, our players can steal first base on a pass ball. Which is really great. And uh, we, don't have a, we don't have a pitch clock, but um, we really stress fast, high paced play. And uh, so far, it's working out. We have sold out shows across the country.
2: Tyler, what are the origins of Banana Ball?
5: Well, in 2016, the Savannah Bananas originated here in Grayson Stadium in Savannah, Georgia. And in 2018, I became the head coach of the summer collegiate team. And at the end of 2018, We decided to try to figure out what these rules are to engage fans more and create the game and make the game a little bit faster. And so we started playing the game, learning the game, and the game evolved since 2018. In 2021, we actually went on our first One City World Tour, and we went to Mobile, Alabama, sold out a Friday and Saturday night game. That was our first test to trying to take the show on the road outside of Savannah, Georgia. And it went amazing. That led to 2022. We played seven cities, 16 games, all sold out. Fans went crazy. Our social media on TikTok went from half a million fans to three million fans in a month. And ESPN did a documentary about us called Banana Land, which is airing on ESPN Plus right now. So, um, And here we are in t- 2023. We're playing 90 games, February through September. It's 33 cities, 20 states. And we've broken records all over uh, the country in these stadiums we're playing. And fans are loving what we're doing.
2: Adam, who are you playing against in these games? So there's two type of uh,
5: teams that we play
2: against.
4: We play primarily against the party animals. They are arch nemesis. Um, they are a homegrown team. They're all under the same umbrella. But they are filled with very talented group of former minor league and and college players. There's a former first round pick out of high school on that team, Jake Skoll, a a number of other phenomenal players. And we played most of our games with them. Um, We also play a a series of challenge series against other independent teams, whether that's in the American association or the frontier league, as well as uh, a series against the major league baseball player alumni association, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, It's been a three game set. So we uh, we travel around and, and and we play banana ball rules against the party animals and all of those challenge games.
2: Tyler, I'm trying to just form a picture in my mind and a, and a picture for our audience. Is it fair to say banana ball and the savannah bananas are akin to the Harlem Globetrotters in basketball, and that there's a high level of skill? But you but you're just doing things a little a little differently than what you might see in a traditional game. Is that fair? That's fair. We get compared to the
5: Harlem Globetrotters a lot. I think the difference in us, though, is none of our games are scripted when it comes to the gameplay. All of our games are straight up, like the gameplay is real. It's hard to script a 500-foot home run. So. Uh, these games are very exciting. It, it doesn't matter if you're nine or 96 years old. There's something for everybody. I had a friend back in Nashville this past weekend that said there was multiple people sitting together. They were all locked in on the game, but everybody was watching something different mm-hmm. that was happening on the field. And that's the great thing about banana ball is um, no matter who you are, there's something for you.
2: A 1A producer, Barb Angiano, went out to a Chicago White Sox game last weekend to hear what baseball means to people, and here's some
3: of what they had to say. So it's a community thing first, become a fan now, rather than later. No bandwagon. Being out here with people that enjoy just
4: as much as I do coming out here and watching baseball, and it's a, it's a great social sport. You get to watch something, you get to talk to people, you get to hang out, and you get to watch some more fun. So I, I love everything about just coming to a
2: baseball game. It's a perfect social event. Tyler, how did the community react when you first started to play banana ball and and said, this is how we're going to do things?
5: Yeah. So when I took the job in 2018, one of our main quotes was whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. So we've been doing things a little bit different here for a long time. And, you know, um, just when you do things different, sometimes people are trying to figure out what's going on. Right. And so, um, People were engaged about what was happening because the game was fast. Um, There's a quote that's always said, "Is keep your head on a swivel because there's things going on all the time. Music never stops at our games. And so it's very entertaining and people are loving this. We currently have 600,000 people on our wait list and we're trying to get more games so these fans can come come watch us play.
2: Adam, what about that community aspect? Because a lot of what we heard from listeners is that there is – this connection they feel to the people they're sitting next to at the games, even if they don't know them, but there's, there's some sense of community there.
4: Absolutely. It's a lot like going to your favorite rock band and and being a part of that, you know, that show and that, that great music. And and not only is it a great connection between the fans, but also the players. Uh, One of the things that we really focus on is breaking down that wall between player and fan. And so we are very intentional about having our players connect individually with the fans, whether it's on social media or in person. And so we do that through a series of (laughs) our game day includes a, a march through all the fans that line up sometimes four or five hours before the game starts. And we're high five in all of them. Uh, They are up in the crowds during the game, signing autographs, taking selfies. And then after the game, uh, we all go out to the plaza. Every single player on the field goes out to, we have a plaza party where we're able to sign autographs and take photos and, and really connect with our fans and, and leave a lasting impression that keeps them wanting more and feeling a part of this.
2: What do you think draws players to banana ball? Because as you said, you've got folks on your team who were, you know, highly ranked collegiate players. What draws them to this? Adam? Phenomenal
4: question. Uh, We all grew up playing this game because we loved it, and there was an element that we really, truly enjoyed, and then through our careers, however high we made it, that kind of got lost, right? It got serious, it got slow, whatever whatever happened. I think players gravitate to us because they see us having fun, they see us playing high-level baseball, and they see us doing something from like an entertainment and a showman standpoint – there comes a point in everybody's life where baseball says you can't play this game at a high level anymore. Well, that doesn't mean you still can't enjoy it. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I think that a lot of these players are tapping into what the reason was they originally started playing baseball in the first place and which is fun out there with their friends and and smiling.
2: So while it's a lot of fun, Tyler, for, players who are just coming to banana ball and also i mean if you're doing all of these games across the country i would imagine you still have to practice how much do you practice as a team
5: yes uh it depends on the week but majority of the time it's tuesdays wednesdays and then thursdays are travel days and we'll practice at the stadium that we're playing in games are usually friday saturdays and then sundays are travel days as well so it's usually two or three days a week um Half the time we're practicing some choreographed dances or some run celebration or a walk-up song, and then half the time we're practicing baseball. But it's about efficiency. It's about practicing on what you do best. Like our, um, you know, we we have a guy that does bat tricks. He's uh, our banana bat trick guy, Ziggler, and he, uh, you know, during practice he's practicing all of his different bat tricks. So we have multiple characters within our game. And uh, we just try to focus on what they do great and and make sure that they hit what we call their daily vitamins every single day. But I think that one thing that makes us different than everybody else is our trick plays. We've hit multiple trick plays in games. We've got a center fielder that can do a backflip catch on a routine fly ball and land on his feet. He's done it about 10 times this tour. And so when you come to a game, you're going to see some plays that are happening that probably can't happen in real baseball because everybody's worried about – The overall goal of winning and losing, and we're trying to put on the best show. And the thing is, we're really good defensively, even though we're trying all these trick plays.
2: Now let's bring another voice into the studio. Mark Leibovich is with us. He's a staff writer at the Atlantic and spent time with MLB executives, players, and team managers to learn about the state of the game. Mark, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks for having me, John.
2: So the Savannah Bananas are clearly... In a league of their own, they're doing their own thing, but they're beloved by the community. Where do these kinds of of community or minor league teams fit into the larger baseball picture?
1: Well, I mean, I think they're a massive uh, part of of the larger fabric of baseball. And and frankly, just listening to this this interview, I mean, I I wanted to go watch some of these games. I mean, it sounded really interesting. And I think it's also something that Major League Baseball could really learn a lot from because one of the things I found in my reporting was – change comes very, very slowly to baseball. It's an extremely change-averse um, sort of conservative game, frankly, that it really has traditionally looked askance at any kind of antics like this, any kind of individuality, any kind of thing that kind of upsets the larger apple cart of, of, of baseball. And um, one of the things that, that Major League Baseball has learned to do in recent years is kind of look to the minor leagues as a laboratory of experimentation. And now, obviously, you know they don't do it to the extent that the Savannah Bananas do or Banana Ball does, but it, it does. I mean, things like the the pitch clock and like these bigger bases that they have initiated this year um, did sort of derive from looking to the minor leagues for come some kind of inspiration to to in, to, you know, to enliven a game that had really become quite moribund over the years.
2: Well, baseball isn't really America's pastime anymore. Just eleven percent of the people. Polled said baseball was their favorite sport. That's according to a 2021 Washington Post poll. And that's far behind the 34% who said football. Ranked number one. I'd love to hear from each of you why you think baseball has faded in popularity. Mark, I'll come to you first.
1: Well, I mean, I think part of it is that the game has slowed down considerably as sort of in conjunction with our brains speeding up over the last Mm -hmm. several decades. I mean, phones and computers and just sort of the shrinking attention spans of modern life have happened, you know, disproportionately or like almost – in the going the opposite direction of baseball games, taking three hours and 10 minutes and so forth. And who has time for that? So I think that's really been the biggest disconnect sort of culturally. But but also, I mean, television, I mean, really has been the the larger driver of sports. And football is kind of the perfect TV sport. They're, you know, the Super Bowl is the biggest rated show of the year every year. And that's been true for a number of decades.
2: Adam, what do you think? Why do you think baseball has faded in popularity? I think the
4: connection that the, the players have with the fans has has drastically changed and and affected um, how a young boy maybe looks up and and, and sees their idol. Growing up, we had uh, not full access, but pretty good access to players. And nowadays, these guys are you know big time celebrities. And in Mark, in your recent article, you talk about uh, that situation where Juan Soto blows right past you because he <laughs> has something more important to do, right? um I I think that's a that that plays a big part of it as well.
2: Tyler what about for you because you grew up playing baseball how do you think the game has changed?
5: Well I think what we're doing with the Bananas is really using social media to connect and it's all about connection and seeing these players and connecting with these players so you can have a hero and you want to be like that person and that's what we're doing with the Bananas. We really work hard on connecting with our fans through social media and they get to know us. And we, we learn to storytell. And what's happening right now is these, these young youth players are dressing up like us. They're going to school saying, when I grow up, I want to be a Savannah banana. And, you know, when Halloween rolls around they're you know, they've got all of our uniforms on and they might have a pair of boots on, like I wear on the field. You know, it's crazy. The connection.
2: Well, if somebody wants to check out a Savannah Bananas game, can we like peep it on YouTube, just see a couple of scenes to get a sense of how you play?
5: Yeah, please please jump on YouTube. We have our YouTube channel going. All of our games are uh, available on YouTube. We have a ton of videos and you can find us on all social media platforms as well.
2: Well, we have to say goodbye for now to Tyler Gillum, head coach for the Savannah Bananas, and Adam Virant. He's the Director of Baseball Operations and a coach for the Savannah Bananas. Adam, Tyler, thanks. Thank you. Heather wrote to us, I am a devoted baseball fan. I live in Cleveland and am a huge supporter of the Guardians. I'm going to the game this evening. One of the many facets of baseball that makes it so attractive is that every field is different. The basics of the field are the same, but the foul territory and home run defense vary. Mark Leibovich is sticking with us, and we talk more baseball after the break.
3: Visit tinydeskcontest.npr.org to learn more. Then check out the Venture X card from presenting sponsor Capital One. Earn unlimited 2x miles on everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside.
0: In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever
2: you get podcasts. Now let's get back to chatting about baseball. It's a game many kids fall in love with at an early age. Wait, you're saying I should hop over that fence? and pickle the beast
5: think about that kid I'll see you later
2: remember kid there's heroes and there's legends heroes get remembered
1: but legends never die follow your heart kid and you never go wrong
2: But baseball has changed a lot since the Sandlot came out 30 years ago. This year, new rules to the game by Major League Baseball have some fans wondering what the game will look like in the future. Gregory emailed us, I love everything about baseball as a game and spent many hours this past weekend watching the NCAA regionals. But MLB? I haven't really paid attention since the last set of labor issues. Millionaires and billionaires fighting while charging high prices for tickets and concessions is of no interest Me. Mark, we just heard a clip from the classic baseball movie, The Sandlot. It tells the story of a group of kids and their bond over baseball. How do you remember baseball when you were a kid?
1: Uh, Extremely romantically, but but also really fondly. I mean, I I loved playing baseball. It was my favorite sport really into my 30s. and uh, I'm in my 50s now, um, and, and it really – it, it kind of lost me um, maybe about 20 years ago or so. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was just adulthood. But but the games got really slow, really, really boring, um, and, and you know, I just sort of moved on to football and basketball and, and other sports, even like soccer. Um, I was not alone. There were a lot of people out there saying the same thing, and, and it sort of – there were a lot of – them. Num- people who were former baseball fans kind of voting with their feet and ticket sales were down and ratings were down and so forth. So the the sport was in big trouble so I kind of set out here to write I, I guess what kind of felt like an obituary of like the grand old game and lo and behold my reporting kind of coincided with these new rules they were putting into place so it – Uh, It kind of turned out it became a renaissance because I I became a very early convert once I saw some of these new rules, especially the pitch clock being put into place. And it was, um, you know, it was a real eye-opener as I was doing my reporting.
2: For people who haven't been following the game this season, just explain how some of these new rules
1: work. Yeah, I mean the big one is a pitch clock. Basically, um, you know, the standing around waiting for the pitcher to throw the ball or the batter to sort of stop, you know, velcroing and re-velcroing. Um, his batting gloves. I mean, that's stopped. I mean, the pitcher now has 15 seconds to throw a ball, uh, to throw a pitch. Uh, 20 seconds if there's a person on base, and the batter has to be ready at the 8 second mark. So the game goes by really, really quick. And and so far in the first couple months of the season, uh, the average time of the game has dropped by about 28 minutes. So it's a much crisper experience. And the other new rules have you know there's an end on shifting and the bases have gotten bigger and there are fewer pickoff throws i mean the kinds of things that were a real kind of sink on time and kind of killed offense have been kind of re-legislated to foster a more you know active game and more action on the base paths and so forth and that's been great too so your love
2: for baseball was rekindled with the introduction of these new new rules and actually you're not alone
3: i've started watching baseball again i'm going to start going to tampa bay rays games again The
1: sport has been reinvigorated. I think the big thing that got lost was how much time the offense could take and the defense could take, for that matter. It really slowed down the game and made it very, very boring. Uh, But now with the new pitch pitch clock changes, I absolutely adore the sport again. Uh, I used to play as a kid, and it's so much fun to get back into it.
2: Now in your reporting, Mark, you say Major League Baseball introduced, quote, a novel ethic into its stationary culture urgency. How are players
1: responding to the new rules? Well players are the one constituency that was was definitely averse to it at first. I mean, just they were they were really kind of nervous because baseball players especially are very routine oriented. They do not like um, any, I mean, no one likes a change to their workplace to come in this suddenly. But baseball players, in particular, are very idiosyncratic. Um, they tend to be very obsessive about you know what works for them and so forth. And and part of the appeal to them of baseball is that they could take all the time they needed. Um, and that's part of what makes them so good at what they do. But, you know, it's not much to watch. So, um, you know, they, they definitely had to adjust. But I think most of the players now w- would say that they, they enjoy it too. And and look, when you're a baseball player, you're actually watching a lot of baseball too. And you don't want to spend all this time at the office. You want to go get on with your life afterwards also. So, um, you know, there are still some holdouts. And, and again, um, you know, it's not universally adored. But for the most part, I mean, people have, have really warmed up to it.
2: Mm-hmm where did the idea for changing these rules come from? Who who was the person who said something's got to change?
1: I mean, I think a lot of people within Major League Baseball were sort of looking at these numbers and they were just alarmingly low, you know, just drops in ratings and, you know, bottom lines basically and ticket sales and so forth. Um, you know, eventually they looked to the minor leagues because, you know, the minor leagues, like I said before, I mean, it sort of became this laboratory of democracy, right? You, you sort of say, let's see if this works and, you know, we'll see if this works on a smaller scale. And they saw that, you know, when you put these pitch clocks, for, ex- for ex- example, into some of these minor league parks, you see people staying in their seats, not checking their phones. I mean, not um, not leaving in the sixth inning and so forth. Um, bringing kids to the game on school nights, so you know it doesn't take four hours, and you know they don't have to be home by eleven thirty or you know leave so much earlier. So I, I think they saw that it worked. They also, you know, they they had a new labor agreement that sort of made it easier for them to sort of put these things in place, and the players reluctantly kind of went along. And um, but no, it, it did take time, but they were falling farther and farther behind.
2: We heard from a listener earlier who talked not just about the pace of the game, but About the expense, Uh, you know, going, paying for tickets. If you've got to park your car, that's a whole other thing. If you want a few snacks, it it gets pricey very quickly. Is there any talk about trying to make this a more affordable experience?
1: Um, You know, that's interesting. I mean, I think, you know, that is frankly, true across the board. I mean, NBA games, NA, NFL games, NHL games, I mean, you're going to find that experience everywhere. What One advantage that baseball does have is the minor leagues. There are so many communities that have minor league teams. And, and frankly, I mean, those are more affordable. I mean, I, I, you know, I've never been to a Savannah Bananas game, but I mean, I've gone to a lot of small town games. And, you know, it's like a dollar to park, you know, maybe you could park even on the street. Um, you know, the concessions are really reasonable. So, I mean, baseball does have a community accessibility that, that people don't think about so much because, you know, fewer people seem to be um, playing the game. But but I do think that, look, it's a big problem across the board in professional sports. Most people are going to interact with their, their team on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I would hope that there are some initiatives that would make it easier to actually go to games.
2: Well, and not every community has a minor league team, too. True. Yeah. True. yeah. When it came to making these rules changes, how – much negotiation went into coming to a decision, and everybody saying, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna give it a shot."
1: Yeah, it, it took a lot. I mean, I think one of the advantages that that Major League Baseball had was that this came within the larger collective bargaining agreement, which was a big. I mean, there you know, was a lockout in the, a, couple, a year, a little over a year ago, um, that threatened the whole season, and so you know there were these really kind of first tier economic issues. And, you know, it was mostly about, you know, getting paid. And so you sort of slipped in these new rule changes and everyone was like, okay, well, look, as long as I get to go to work and get paid, I'll figure this out for myself. But, so it wasn't – it was able to – they were kind of able to hide it in the larger agreement. But, but ultimately, it was not easy, and the Major League Players Association is extremely powerful.
2: We got this email from Neil who says, I used to be an avid fan of baseball until MLB told me I couldn't watch more than one game for a team if I signed up for the games on MLB.com. Now I don't even pay any attention – at all to the games. I mean, Mark, we're in this time when there are so many streaming services and you know options for how you watch television and sports. Yeah. It, it, how is that driving either fan buy-in or fans leaving the
1: sport? Well, I mean, again, it's, a, it's an entertainment-wide phenomenon, and it's, it's something that every sport Faces. I mean, you're not just competing with. I mean, baseball used to have the summer to itself, right? It's like, wow, we're not competing with the NBA because they're they're on vacation. Um, you know, you're you're competing with any number of streaming services, as you said. Um, you know, I have a lot of things I can do now. Mm-hmm. You know, in my living room, on my porch, you know that. Do not com- that that compete with baseball, which frankly is kind of a joy. I mean, I like having the options of things to do rather than saying, "All right, well, let's let's just sit on my porch listening to a transistor radio of you know the g- the game again, right?" <laughs> but I mean, again, that's the nature of modern life. But again, I mean, baseball does and has had to become more proactive in making itself more competitive with with this sort of more immediate gratification culture that exists elsewhere.
2: Aaron's favorite team is in Missouri. She says, I live in Springfield, Missouri and have quarter season tickets to the Springfield Cardinals. I like the slower pace of baseball. It can still be pretty fast but there's also downtime between innings where they play silly games with fans. I like being able to get outside in the nice weather and watch a game with others who enjoy it. And Barbara emailed us her thoughts. I have loved the game since my grandfather took me to Richmond Colts games in the early 1950s. I am seven 26 now and still follow my teams, the Washington Nationals, the Richmond Flying Squirrels and the Deltaville Delays. As to the new rules, I didn't think I would like them, but for the most part I do, except for the ghost runner. That needs to go. Mark, what is the ghost runner?
1: Ghost runner is a it's an initiative that they put in a few years ago and basically once you get into extra innings uh, there was an imaginary runner on second base. They did that to sort of make it easier to score in the extra innings so you don't have these 18, 19-inning games because, frankly, the, the, the seven-hour baseball game was getting to be a bit, a bit much. So they did that to curtail the really endless games.
2: Uh, how do these new rules potentially give some teams advantages over others?
1: I mean, I think it's more of an individual advantage. I mean, some pitchers have really sort of worked to try to game the pitch clock. They sort of said, okay, I can get hitters off balance. I mean, they've had to kind of tweak this along the way. Um, Another thing is because the bases are so much bigger now and because there are fewer pickoff throws allowed, uh, teams, I think, are, are encouraged to To make athleticism and speed a bigger part of their rosters. And that's something that had been eroded. I mean, in recent decades, you've seen a premium placed on walks, um, on home runs. You've seen fewer base runners, right? You don't see a lot of doubles or triples anymore. Um, Pitching has become so dominant. And, you know, strikeouts and walks are not baseball. I mean, they're baseball, but they're not contact. There's no action associated with them um, except, you know, you swing and you miss or you walk to first base. So I, I think, you know, the hope here is that it will foster a more athletic sport that celebrates the physical attributes of the players.
2: So what does that mean for recruitment and, and that feeder system from the minor leagues to the MLB?
1: Well, I think part of it is is at this, even at, even at a younger level, at the high school level or college level, uh, baseball over the years has lost a number of really great athletes to football and basketball because it's just, I mean, it's more fun sport for a great athlete to play. I mean, if you are a elite high school athlete, um, you're still, I mean, you're going to be standing around a lot, even if you are, you know, playing baseball at the highest level. And, you know, you want to play a sport that more, that that more um, sort of, lets you use your, your natural athleticism. So, you know, if, if I'm LeBron James, I'm going to want to play basketball even though you like baseball, right? I mean, LeBron James grew up loving baseball and the New York Yankees and so did Michael Jordan, right? So, um, but ultimately you know i mean for a number of reasons they're great basketball players but but they also picked a sport that that i think some would argue just values more athleticism whereas baseball again is a much more deliberate sport there's a lot more inaction frankly and um you know in the story i talked a lot about how a lot of what i was doing was waiting around so um you know, that, that's not exactly the most athletic thing in the world.
2: We got this from Jeffrey, who says, I'm 66 and played and coached baseball for 60 years. My son's worked in the Cleveland minor league system for over 10 years. We are, quote unquote, old schoolers. The new rules clearly target a younger audience for a good reason. Those under 40 have a shorter attention span and many other options for entertainment. Those old schoolers like me need to understand that we are no longer MLB's target audience. I'm actually a fan of the new rules and new ballpark layout. Jeffrey, thanks for that. How is MLB tracking whether or not these changes actually bring in the audience they're they're trying to capture?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say, by the way, just before I answer, I mean, I'm old school too, and I'm over 50, and my attention span is shrinking also. So, I mean, that is not just a young person's phenomena. Um, You know, MLB is tracking this, by ticket sales, by ratings, by market research, by a lot of polling. There's been a lot of independent polling. All of it has has been very encouraging that people and fans have really, really supported this.
2: And as a long, long-time baseball fan yourself, are there any other changes you'd like to see to the game?
1: I'd like to see my team be better. Um, <laughs> who's your team, yeah, I'm a, I'm a team Red Sox <laughs> fan. Um, we're, we're kind of insufferable. But it, it's uh, – yeah, no, we're, we're like at 500 now, 30 and 30, I think, coming into the show. Um you know, but look, it's it's fine. I, I will say, it's they're losing in less time. <laughs> so that's been a joy. No, but actually, you know, they got off to a good start. And I was, for the first time ever, I bought the MLB package and I loved watching it. And it was great. And I'll, you know, once I start winning again, I'm a bit of a front runner. I'll start, you know, I'll I'll watch more.
2: That's Mark Leibovitch. He's a staff writer at the Atlantic and spent time with people at Major League Baseball to talk about the state of the game. Mark, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, Jen. I enjoyed it.
2: Today's producers were Jorjelina Manarea, who roots for Tampa Bay, and Barb Angiano, who roots for San Diego. This program comes to you from WAMU, part of American University in Washington, distributed by NPR. I'm Jen White as a native Detroiter. I've got to shout out my home team, the Detroit Tigers. Papa, I know you had a long-standing love-despair relationship with them, but still. It's all love for the Tigers. I'm Jen White. We'll be back tomorrow. This is 1A.
3: This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to vioricom slash NPR.
0: Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash NPR.